1: Ryan Gottfriedson, Ph.D., is a mental success coach and cutting-edge leadership consultant, author, trainer, and researcher. He helps improve organizations, leaders, teams, and employees by improving their mindsets. Ryan is currently a leadership and management professor at California State University Fullerton. He holds a Ph.D. in organizational behavior and human resources from Indiana University and a B.A. from Brigham Young University. He is the author of Success Mindsets, the key to unlocking greater success in your life, work, and leadership. Enjoy this episode.
0: Welcome to the Action Catalyst, everyone. And especially welcome Ryan Gottfriedson to the Action Catalyst. Dr. Gottfriedson is an amazing individual with his work in the area of mindset that all of us could learn a lot more from. So we're looking forward to some interesting, stimulating, and fun minutes here with Ryan. So welcome to the Action Catalyst.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on, and thanks for trusting me with your audience. This is great. Well, this
0: is great, and just so the audience will know, I took your online assessment a little while ago, and, and the joke is that I have no personality, but it indicated I do have a mindset, and uh, so that, yeah. that's that's always helpful to know. But I'm really kind of curious in terms of in terms of background, what got you from there to here? You know, you're a professor, you've got a PhD from one of the top business schools in the country at in Indiana. Uh, you're teaching out in California now. What really were the twists and turns or maybe the major pivots along the way that took you from being a kid in high school and then into college to, to where you are today, working on mindset and helping people with that?
2: Yeah. And I guess, let me just focus in on my doctoral program at, at Indiana University. And when I was there, I st- my dissertation was on leadership. And my dissertation essentially reviewed the last 70 years of leadership research, which was fantastic. I learned a ton. But one of the things that I recognize is that about 70% of all leadership research focuses on leadership behaviors, or in other words, what leaders need to do to be effective. And my guess is that you're similar to me in that you believe that leadership isn't just about doing something. It's about being something. And, and so since my dissertation and and since my PhD program, I've been on a mission to dive into how do we tap into the being element of leadership? Because I, on multiple levels, because uh, on one level, I want to become more of somebody that other people want to follow. In other words, I want to have a positive influence in the lives of others. And perhaps even more, I want to help others become more of that positive influence in their spheres of influence. And so during the last six or seven years, as I've studied this being element of of leadership, everything has brought me towards mindsets. And so that's primarily what I focus on today.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, you, I did take the assessment, and a couple of the questions in there deal with whether people think they can actually change their fundamental nature, and you have an option in the, in the assessment. I would encourage all our listeners to take it, and you can share at the end how they can do that. But the options are, no, my mindset is permanent. I can't change this behavior, or no, I think it can all be changed. Um, what, what do you think, based on your research, Uh, can people change their mindset or what are the pitfalls as they're trying to do so that prevent that from happening?
2: Yeah. So I think let's start with talking about what mindsets are is, and we're going to, I'm just going to talk about this on two different levels. One is they are mental lenses. So they are what we look through that causes us to see the world in our own unique ways. But in reality, what they are is neural connections within our prefrontal cortex that cause us to filter certain information into our processing. So when we encounter a certain situation, it's our mindsets that pick up on specific cues within that situation. And then how based upon the cues that we pick up and how we interpret them, both of which are driven by our mindsets, that goes on to fuel how we think, how we learn, and how we behave. And so if we wanna think, learn, and behave better, we need to change the lenses in which we view the world. And so can we change our mindsets? Uh, the answer is yes. And it's, the research is really cool because it suggests that really small interventions, such as watching a three-minute video or doing a 15-minute training, can shift our mindsets or activate those more positive mindset neural connections, so that they will have an effect uh, up to two weeks later. And if we start to stack interventions on top of each other, now we're strengthening the more positive mindset neural connections. And and over time, those will become what we rely upon as we filter information in our day-to-day lives. So the answer is, yes, we can change our mindsets. And that's what's cool about focusing on mindsets. Because if we could change our mindsets, then we could change almost everything that we do. Because truly, mindsets are foundational to, to how we operate
0: hmm. So how would you compare the term mindset and the term self-image?
2: Uh, they're somewhat one in the same. I think we'll just kind of categorize them differently um, because self-image is about how do we see us? And that's surely a, mind, a mindset in and of itself. For example, do we see ourselves of worth or of little? worth? You see, how we see ourselves is now going to shape how we interact in our world. If we see ourselves of little worth, then we're going to be less likely to approach situations in in a way in which we try to kind of magnify our performance within those situations. But if we see ourselves as being of worth, that means we believe that we can contribute and that we're going to. And so that's one, really our mindsets can be sliced and diced probably a hundred different ways. And that's one of the ways that we can do so, uh, which I think is a great way to think about it. Uh, I kind of come at this from an academic perspective and I prime not, not that that's not an important mindset, but the mindsets that I focus on are those that have been studied for about 30 plus years within the academic research. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's been fun to kind of explore what these different mindsets are and what we're finding on the research end and, and bring those to life for individuals.
0: Sure. Well, I know that you, you share in your assessment that there are four basic types of mindsets. Could you do a, a thumbnail for us on those?
2: Yeah, for sure. So there's four sets of mindsets that have been studied, as I mentioned, for about 30 plus years in different domains, such as psychology, education, marketing, and management. And these different mindsets have been studied in relative isolation from each other. But something that's unique is that even though they've been studied in isolation, they exist on a continuum. So what researchers have found is there's a negative side and there's a positive side. And where our mindsets are fall somewhere along these continuums. And so that's what my personal mindset assessment uh, does is it helps people awaken to the quality of their mindsets relative to others. And so the four, uh, let me start with the first set of mindsets and that's the difference between fixed and growth. And you, the, the items that you mentioned um, are meant to assess fixed and growth. So Uh, When we have a fixed mindset, we don't believe that we can improve our talents, abilities, and intelligence. And when we have a growth mindset, we do believe that we can change our talents, abilities, and intelligence. And the reason why this is so important for us to understand is because if we don't believe that we can change really who we are, then our primary focus is on avoiding failure. Because if we fail and we don't believe that we can improve, we're left to interpret that as though we are failures. So those with a fixed mindset, their, their mind and their wiring is just primed to avoid failure. Or another way of shifting shaping that is they want to look good. And, and so they're going to be inclined to back away from challenges. Those with a growth mindset, because they believe that they can grow and develop, they, they don't care necessarily about how they look. They care about how much they learn and grow. So they see challenges and failures as opportunities to learn and really advance who they are. Does that make sense?
0: It does. So fixed and growth is, is the first sort of mindset that you're looking at.
2: Yep. So there's fixed and growth. Next is closed and open. When we have a closed mindset, we're closed to the ideas and suggestions of others. When we're open, we're open to others' ideas and suggestions. And one of the ways that I like to talk about this is comparing our mind as if it's a bucket. You see, if we have a closed mindset, our bucket is full. We believe that what we know is best. And so what happens if we try to pour new knowledge or new information into a, into a full bucket?
0: Mm-hmm. Won't go just anywhere. Runs,
2: just runs off the side, right? We aren't able to absorb it. So when we have a closed mindset, we're primarily, we believe that what we know is best and we're primarily focused On being right and being seen as being right but if we an open mindset is we're just leaving some room in that bucket for the idea that we can be wrong that we don't have all of the information when we leave room in our bucket what ends up happening is we're not focused on being right we're focused on finding truth and thinking optimal Mm -hmm. so we're more inclined to seek out information we invite feedback we invite new perspectives We'll even see disagreement as opportunities to learn. Um, And so that's the difference between a closed and open mindset, kind of our receptiveness to outside information.
0: Mm -hmm. As uh, Spencer Hayes, who is our executive chairman and 60-year career here, used to say, it's not important to try to be right. It's important to be for what's right. So the person with an open would be interested in what's right, not so much, I'm going to defend my position no matter what.
2: Yep. Right
0: on. Yeah, there there was an advertising executive in the 50s who famously was quoted as saying, stop trying to confuse me with the facts. My mind is made up. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Premier closed. Okay, so fixed and growth, closed and open, on continuum, of course, for each of those. What's third?
2: All right, next is the difference between a prevention mindset and a promotion mindset. So when we have a prevention mindset, our primary focus is on not losing. When we have a promotion mindset, our primary focus is on winning and gains. And to explain the difference between the two, I want us to maybe imagine that we are a ship captain in the middle of the ocean. Mm -hmm. And if we're a ship captain in the middle of the ocean and we have a prevention mindset, our number one focus is on not sinking. So we don't want to take any risks. We don't want any problems to occur. We want to maintain the status quo. In other words, we don't want to rock the boat. And so If a storm comes on the horizon and we are in this prevention mindset, what is likely going to be our approach with this storm coming towards us?
0: Batten down the hatches uh, or try to outrun it.
2: Outrun it, right? So we're going to go to a place of safety. Is that Mm -hmm. place of safety where we intended to go when we first set sail?
0: Absolutely not. We're off course.
2: Probably not, right? Right. So, so that's what happens when we have a prevention mindset. We get blown about by the winds and the currents of the sea, all because we're just trying to avoid problems. We're trying to avoid difficulties. But if we have a promotion mindset and, and we're the ship captain, it's not that we're not concerned about sinking, it's that we have a destination and our primary focus is on getting to that destination. And so, when that storm comes on the horizon, rather than run for safety, we ask ourselves, does that storm stand between me and my destination? If so, then let's adequately prepare for this. And then let's take the risk of going through the storm. Without having that destination and that why and that purpose, we're never going to be willing to take on that storm. And it's only those that have a promotion mindset that end up in a destination of their own proactive design. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference between prevention and promotion.
0: Well, just a kind of a, a challenge thought there, Ryan. If somebody is the ship's captain, then they've got a thousand passengers on the ship. They might in their personal life, if they were on their speedboat, say, Hey, we're going to go right through the darn storm. But isn't there a filter that has to be inserted regarding the lives of others and the preferences of others when you're a leader?
2: Yeah, and I think that that's a great question. And and it's having a promotion mindset doesn't mean that we take unnecessary risk, it means that we take strategic risk. At the end of the day, when we think about our destination, and how we get there, we're going to, and we are weighing weighing the risk of going there. Um, we're going to take it. We should take into consideration the well being of those under our stewardship as we do so. And so, if it comes, push comes to shove, and and we're saying we can't get to this destination through the storm, can we go around it, or do we need to identify a different destination that we need to head to? And that Mm -hmm. that may be the case. The the basic idea is in any given set of circumstances, we could be focused on avoiding problems and not losing, or we could be focused on winning Mm -hmm. and and reaching a specific destination. And what's really important and what all the research has found is that we've just got to have a destination that we're shooting towards if we really want to be successful.
0: Otherwise, might as well set the rudder five degrees port and just go in circles. Yep. That makes sense. Okay, so promotion and uh, prevention, and then fourth,
2: and the last one is the difference between an inward mindset and an outward mindset. So when we have an inward mindset, we see ourselves as being more important than others, and when we see ourselves as being more important than others, we're inclined to see them as objects. So an example I oftentimes give give groups when I speak to them is, can you re- recall the time when someone tried to merge into your lane. They had their blinker on, but you didn't let them in, right? I think we've all been there. There's probably, we've probably all prevented someone from merging into our lane. Well, in reality, that's, unless there's a safety hazard, that's somewhat of a jerk thing to do. Well, I don't think that any of us see ourselves as jerks, but what led us to engage in somewhat jerkish behavior? Well, in order for us to be okay with us behaving in that way, we it required that we see them not as a person, but as a vehicle. That is, that is maybe a barrier that's getting in our way. So that's an inward mindset. You see, when we have an outward mindset, we don't see ourselves as, as being more important than others. We see others as being just as important as ourselves. Their feelings and needs matter just as much as our own feelings and needs. And when we take that approach towards people, we're able to value them truly as they are, which is as a person. And and so that's the difference between an inward and an outward mindset.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah, we all use the phrase, some car ran me off the road. Not some driver that may have had an emergency surgery situation or a tragedy at home or disaster she was dealing with. (laughs) No, We never think about those contingencies. It's somebody in that darn car drove me off the road. So yeah, if that makes sense.
2: Let me give you a, a quick example here that shows the power of mindsets and it'll, it'll, it'll involve this inward outward mindset continuum is I, I don't know how, it, how life is in Nashville in terms of the homelessness population, but in Orange County, California, we've got a pretty big homelessness problem, unfortunately. And so it's not uncommon for me to pull up on a street corner and there's somebody there asking for some form of assistance. And uh, I'm ashamed to admit this, but for most of my adult life, I would see homeless people asking for assistance as though they're not doing the best that they can. When I would see them as not doing the best that they can, I'm inclined to see them as an object. And I'm inclined to be rather critical of them. I would think, what are you doing with your time? I mean, you're just standing here. Why don't you use that time more productively? And so, if that's my approach, Am I thinking? What's my likelihood that I'm going to help them or offer assistance in the in the way that they most need? Well, I'm not going to be very likely. But then I read a great book by Brené Brown called Rising Strong, and she's got a question in that book that I think is really powerful. And she says, "Do you think, in general, that people are doing the best that they can?" And she has a whole discussion on this. But it led me when I would see homeless people, it would lead me to ask myself that question are they are they doing the best they can and when i would answer for myself yes it led to another question which was what in the world has happened in their life that has led them to believe that this is the best way to live see when i when i would ask myself that question immediately i would become empathetic wondering what has gone on in their life and how i can be of assistance to them and what's my likelihood of actually assisting them well it's far greater so this is to me this is uh, it's been a life changing thing for me but it shows the power of mindsets because how we see others shapes how we think about them how we behave towards them and how successfully we navigate those situations
0: mm-hmm. i think that's a brilliant brilliant example reflects something that i was involved with this morning on the way to work so very very cool now, Ryan, you're, you're a very young person at this point, but because you're very dedicated to making a difference in the world, I'm sure you've hit some roadblocks along the way. You've you've hit some disappointments and things that you just weren't expecting. We're, you're trucking right along and all of a sudden, bam, into a brick wall. What are some coping strategies in your own life that you've developed when when things look kind of dark and you're just not sure where to turn?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I think part of it is it's... I've handled them differently throughout my life. And the success in which I handle those roadblocks is based upon the quality of my mindsets. And so let me give you an example. Um, when, uh, so I came here to Cal State Fullerton, where I'm currently at, and I was facing a situation at work where because of a sign-on bonus, I was going to be receiving an, a decreased pay and increased teaching load. So for me, I kind of saw like I love teaching, but teaching too much is really is really draining on me. And so I kind of saw in my mind, is my job's going to get worse and my and my pay is also going to get worse. Like, <laughs> why should I stay here? Uh, and so um, i I actually took a year leave of absence from the university, and I transitioned over to, to a consulting company called Gallup. And uh, at Gallup, I was there for a year. And it was a it was an incredibly frustrating year. I love Gallup and I love the tools that they do. It was, I was just in the wrong position. Mm-hmm. A, and there were some other elements of the culture that didn't necessarily sit well with me, but I, I was essentially a square peg in a round hole. And it was a very frustrating experience. And and so at the end of the year, I was like, I can't do this any longer. I'm going to go back to the university. and And I came back. From, to the university. And this is when I started to dive into mindsets. And as I started to learn about these different mindsets that we've been talking about, I realized that all of my frustration with regards to uh, being at Cal State Fullerton and also with Gallup, I, I had a tendency to put the blame on the external things, right? It wasn't, it, the, I wasn't getting the right resources. I wasn't getting the right support. But I was forced to recognize that while I could blame others. For my predicaments. I was forced to awaken to the, to the role that I played in my predicaments, that I actually had some of these negative mindsets that led me to think and operate in a way that it didn't la- allow me to be successful in the way that I wanted to. And one of the huge pivot moments for me was right during this time period, I was given a book um, by a CEO of a roofing company here in the area and the book is called, called The Five-Minute Journal. Have you heard of The Five-Minute Journal?
0: Have not, huh?
2: Okay, so he hands me the book, The Five-Minute Journal. And the first thought in my mind was, there is no way in, in, in heck I'm journaling. I'm just, why are you giving me this book? But of course, I'm gracious. Yeah, thanks for the book. I love books. And, and so I take it home and I open it up and it's a daily exercise. It's just supposed to be five minutes. What, uh, what are three things you're grateful for? Uh, what are three things that would make today amazing? And what are some self-affirmations? And then at the end of the day, you're supposed to write, what are three great things that happened today? And how? Could, what did you learn today that you can improve upon for the future? And and so I, was, I just kind of told myself, okay, I'm going to try this out. And, and just, if it doesn't work after two weeks, then I can just give up. And so I started doing it. And for me, this was a a huge pivot moment because, and I I know that you like focusing on pivots. To me, a pivot moment isn't necessarily a big thing. It's oftentimes a small change that has big implications. And for me, this is my pivot moment because it was a small thing that I did every day that exercised my more positive mindset neural connections, particularly with having a promotion mindset. So now every day after starting this is I wanted to make today better than yesterday. And as I've utilized this journal on a daily basis, I've now become shifted from being rather prevention-minded to being promotion-minded to the point where I've started my own business, something I never thought I would do. Uh, I've written a book that is set to come out this spring, uh, also something I never thought I would do. All, all to try to reach some of these destinations and the purposes that I have. And so that was that kind of transition showed, or is something where I learned that. Oftentimes my frustrations are of my own doing. I just fail to recognize it in the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that if I could focus on my mindset and shift those, then it's going to improve every aspect of my life. As we talked about our thinking, our learning, our behavior.
0: I think that's a fantastic example. The five minute journal. And it's something anybody can do. Uh, Just Um, sets the day in the right way, which is fantastic.
2: In fact, let me mention this is, uh, I, over the holidays, I took a little vacation. I didn't take the five minute journal with me and I came back and I usually just have the five minute journal right next to me on my desk. And I, before leaving on the trip, I had just placed something over it. So I didn't see it. And so the three days back from my vacation, I didn't do it. And by the third day I was, I was just on edge and I was almost feeling a little depressed, which I rarely feel that way. And I was like, what is going on? And then I realized I haven't been doing my five minute journal for the last three days. And I was like, that's gotta be it. And so I, I started doing that and, and sure enough, kind of the haze went away and, and I, I just think now, wow, what would I do without the five minute journal? That's how big of an impact that it's having in my life.
0: That's fantastic. So the three points are first, what am I grateful for? So it's starting with the attitude of gratitude. What would make today great? So just a visualization of what could come. And then some affirmations or positive statements you can use to guide you. And then at night, you yep. review what were some of the accomplishments of the day and what, what do I feel great about? Is that pretty much a good summary?
2: Yeah, that last one was, what did I learn today to make myself better or the future? Yeah, better?
0: yeah. Oh, I think it's fantastic. And that, that explains the answer to a question I often ask, which is how do you keep growing and how do to you keep your edge? Well, you've just answered it <laughs> by keeping that, this yep. personal challenge there.
2: That's one. And then what I realized is for me, um, I, I needed to look beyond just the next day because I want to make today better than yesterday. Well, I need to look beyond. I need to make next week better than this, this week. I need to make next year better than this year. And so another tool that I use is actually, uh, I, from what I understand, he lives in Nashville, is uh, a planner called the Full Focus Planner, which is put out by Michael Hyatt. And it's I love it because it helps me break down my goals from big picture to yearly, to quarterly, to monthly, to weekly, to daily. And so every morning I wake up, the first thing I do is my five-minute journal. Uh, The second thing I do is I look at my planner and say, what are my weekly goals and what are my daily goals? And and how am I going to succeed today? And so doing those two together has really been a game changer.
0: Mm-hmm, because I often enjoy asking my guests what their morning routine is because the way we start the day has a huge impact. Is there anything you would add to that in terms of a morning routine? Exercise, affirmation?
2: Um, so, I, yeah, so part of it is the affirmations with the five-minute journal. Um, I I subscribe to a daily email that comes from the universe. So it's if you go to tut.com, that's T-U-T.com, there's a guy named Mike Dooley who sends an email every day from the universe. And it's, uh, I love them. I look forward to them. And it's just a way to start the day uh, on a good note. So that's the first email I always look at. Um, I try to avoid my email other than that in the morning. So I usually get up at 5 a.m. I do about a 20 to 30 minutes of work on myself through these uh, different journals and planners and, and this email. And then I've got the next for me from 530 to seven. This is my time to do, uh, to dedicate myself towards my most important task for today. Um, And it's usually that's the time where nobody else is up in my house. So that's the time where I'm the most productive and I get, I kind of eat the frog right then. Uh, Then after that, as I get into, I do exercise at that point uh, and then get into my day.
0: Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Well, just to kind of wrap things up, Ryan um what would be a way you would encourage somebody let's say somebody's had a pretty good success record in their life, and now they have hit they've kind of almost hit bottom. They don't know where to turn they don't have resources um, they look at the cards they've been dealt there's not a single face card it's it's just they're just kind of at the end um, Any ideas of it that people can do to be to encourage themselves and get moving again?
2: yeah. Um, I I think let me just mention a couple of things. I think a daily practice, not that you have to buy the 5 minute journal, but something along those lines has got to be a part of your routine. Uh you've got to make that a habit. Uh another thing is there's a quote that I love and it's by Carl Carl Jung. He says, "Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate." And and I think my work on mindsets says that that's the case. 90% of our thinking, feeling, judging, and acting is driven by our non-conscious automatic processes. Well, what drives our non-conscious automatic processes are our mindsets. And I hear a lot of people say that mindsets are our secret for success, but I don't think that that's necessarily a secret. I think a lot of people recognize that mindsets are important for success. I think where the secret is, is knowing exactly what mindsets we need to have to be successful. Uh, so for most of us, our mindsets reside below the level of our consciousness. But if we could become conscious of our mindsets, awaken to the current quality of our mindsets, and identify the mindsets that we need to have to be more successful, then we can navigate a brighter future through a focus on those mindsets. I, I think many people, in the, myself included, before I learned about mindsets, is when we focus on self-development, we primarily focus on changing our behaviors. But, and, but even if we work on changing our behaviors, if our mindsets stay the same, those mindsets will continually resist the behaviors we're trying to create in ourselves. So a much better way of improving ourselves is to first focus on our mindsets, shift those forward. As we do that, our thinking will naturally improve. And so will our behaviors. I've just learned for myself; it's a more natural way of developing yourself. And so, hopefully, my mindset assessment and and even my upcoming book can help people make their unconscious conscious, make these mindsets conscious, so they can do something
0: about it. Oh, well, I think that's fantastic! Well, I did take the assessment, which was super helpful, and the URL is is really long. Because your parents blessed you with such a short surname.
2: <laughs> I know, right?
0: <laughs> but Amanda, our great producer, is going to list it on the website so people can click that link and take that assessment if that's okay with you.
2: Yep. Uh You'll find it there, and then we might have a more specific link that they could reference for sure.
0: Good. Your book, does it have a title and a publication date in mind?
2: It does. It's Success Mindsets Your Keys to Unlocking Greater Success in Your Life, Work, and Leadership. Uh, the ebook and audio book will be out on February 4th, and the print copy will be available on May 5th.
0: Fantastic. Well, we're definitely going to promote that on our website as well.
2: All right. Thank you.
0: Well, you are a very young person to have had such an impact on. Uh, my thinking, and so many others, Ryan, and I look forward to many decades of you helping us improve our mindsets, change in the right directions, and move toward the kind of life that we're all meant to have.
2: Very happy to partner with you. Thank you so much.
0: Good. Well, stay well, and thank you again for being on The Action Catalyst.
2: Appreciate it.
1: If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that The Action Catalyst is up to, Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.